0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adelie Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez.
1: Good morning, Bless. No, great morning.
0: Great morning. You know why? Because we got that low-key. We got that low-key, that new low-key, man. How you feeling about it?
1: Oh my god! No spoilers, of course. We just finished talking about it. Uh, Amazing. Very, very happy with it, Bless. My favorite series. My favorite Marvel series so far.
0: Yeah the exact same here my favorite mar- marvel show. It was one of the ones where I throughout the whole season I've not done the thing where I've stayed up to watch the uh, the Loki premiere at midnight because I'm usually on KFUD on Wednesday mornings and I don't want to stay up too late cuz I know I got to be I got to be on it in the morning. I got to be ready for a KFG, KFGD. I can't be too tired here. You know, mm-hmm. all I got is this iced coffee and that can only do so much. But for this last episode I did it. I was like, you know what man, fuck it it's the finale shit's gonna pop right off call.
2: you made the right call i'm gonna stay up right i'm gonna choice. watch
0: it and kevin i did make the right call because oh it my is. god oh my god what a but and then we i stayed up that.
1: and then i stayed up until like three in the morning i was telling kevin just i just couldn't fall asleep i'm just Same. oh my like, god was it
0: was it just the fact that you were thinking about the episode because that's what did it for me i was i, mean, I couldn't stop thinking about
1: it <laughs> that was the gateway drug and then it led into just being on TikTok and not being able to fall asleep you know the yeah. usual
0: I feel that, of course. We have our Loki review uh, under Kind of Funny Reacts. Go check that out. But for now, let's talk about some video game news because today's stories include headlines from our Phil Spencer interview, Battlefield 2042 getting crossplay, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you: A new games cast is up right now, and it's us being joined by head of Xbox Phil Spencer. We dive into a bunch of different stuff, uh, some even being news items on the show, which we'll get to in a second. And I implore everyone go check out that episode because it's overall a very good time. We even get Phil Spencer to play a short game of Bless Who, and it's a magnificent time. You a can lot check of that fun. out a lot of fun a lot of fun you can check that out on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on the gamescast podcast feed like i said earlier uh, our Loki season finale reactions they just got done recording uh, that should be up on youtube and podcast services by the time you're listening to this episode later on youtube and podcast services so make sure to watch the Loki finale check that out if you want to know all the thoughts from the whole crew thank you to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash full sale and omen but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper report. It's time for some news. We have seven
2: stories today.
0: A lengthy Roper Report, all kicking off with what I'm gonna call newsception. Because it's 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 news that we broke from kinda of funny, which we usually don't do. Right, it's that rare occurrence where we had on Phil Spencer on Gamescast yesterday. It was a great time. He talked about all sorts of stuff. And even after after the episode, I think, uh, it was Tim who was like, Man, I'm surprised about how you know candid he was. And he 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 was actually saying some interesting things. And it was fun to wake up this morning and see multiple headlines. Was come it out the big psychonauts that news that I broke? Yeah, it was the big it was the big psychonauts, of course, Phil That's Spencer. What, what was it? What was it, Andy?
1: Well, so Phil Spencer, we saw off the show, and uh, he's mentioning that he'd been playing Psychonauts too, and, he, and then he said, "You know what, but it it was a dev build, and i wanna I wanna wait for the actual game to come out to which uh, you know you connect the dots, and it's obvious that the game is in a completely broken state, and he mm-hmm. doesn't want to play a very broken dev build." Um I hear I'm hearing there's a lot of turmoil at the studio yeah. bless. Um Double so Fine is
0: in, is in shambles right now. Okay. Double
1: Fine is not doing great. So sorry Tim Schaefer. Yeah, um I'm here
0: they're going to pivot from doing Psychonauts to are you Broken guys Age just 2. making things
2: up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you got to listen to the episode if you want if you want to get the real uh, news, wow, but obviously wow. that was a joke yeah. because we started out the show and Phil Spencer fantastic dude is like, "Hey, ask me about anything. I'm I'm pretty open to whatever." And you know, Phil's made sort of the rounds on all these podcasts and he's been breaking news and there have been a lot of headlines from other podcasts. And it's like, I don't really want to ask the same questions, right? You you know, you don't want to sort of get repetitive and start asking sort of the same things. But Phil, feel free to break any news that you want, right? Feel free to like get kind of funny in the headlines. And I was just trying to I was trying to just make news wherever I could. I asked him about Elden Ring. Uh, He didn't give me much, unfortunately.
0: But he has played it. He has played it. That's what he said.
1: He has played it. Which he was that played.
0: was that already known that he's played Elder it was. Ring? Was that an actual thing?
1: It it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I just really wanted to have the question the questioning be Hey Phil, uh, so you've played Elder Ring, right? Yes, yes I have. That's pretty cool. that's all it was that's all it was kevin
0: (laughs) yeah Phil was was great great. and phil was out here breaking news for free so let's start off with story number one phil spencer suggests that xbox could update its controller this is from andy robinson at video games chronicle Xbox head Phil Spencer has complimented PlayStation's DualSense controller and suggested that it might inspire Microsoft to add its features to its own controller. Microsoft stuck to a familiar design for its Xbox Series X slash S pads, only making minor changes to its design and the the under-the-hood improvements. In comparison, Sony opted to totally redesign its controller with new features such as haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Speaking as part of the latest Kind of Funny Games cast, Phil Spencer said that Xbox probably wouldn't release any major bespoke accessories such as VR headsets in the near future, but suggested that an updated controller was far more likely to happen. Quote, When I think about our hardware roadmap, I really love the evolution of Liz Liz Hamron's team and the work that they've done, he said. Quote, we're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some, nice, there's probably some work that will do on the controller. I think Sony's done a, a nice job with their controller, and we kind of look at some of that and think there are things we, that we should go do. But we're probably not in the more bespoke accessories place right now. We just look at what happens on Windows and other places and see if there's a unique opportunity for us. Right now, I don't think there's anything that's obvious to me end quote. Earlier this year, Microsoft used a, a customer experience survey to ask Xbox Series X/S owners if they would like to see any PlayStation controller features made available for its consoles. So this is the thing that we've known Xbox has thought at least a little bit about in the past from these surveys. But the fact that Phil Spencer just came, came right out and said it, right? That like, hey, yeah, we like what the DualSense is doing and it, it could be cool to, to implement some of those features in what we're doing. Andy, is that a good thing for you? Do you like Do you like that line of thinking?
1: I, I mean, it's not only do I love the line of thinking, I just love how open he is about it. Like, yeah, places doing some dope, shit, some dope shit over there. Maybe we can sort of bring some of those ideas into what we do over here. And I think not only does that make users more happy, but I think that gives players more of a reason to go back to maybe older titles or games that have already come out that didn't ship with those features and then to have here on kind of funny games daily a news release of like hey guess what this game that you were really excited for at xbox one that came out two years ago or whatever or xbox series x that came out a year and a half ago it now has whatever features on it whatever things that they've added whether it's the haptic feedback or the you know the adaptive triggers or whatever it is that they sort of want to kind of take inspiration from or or just ape just take those ideas right um I think that's cool as hell. I think it's just really cool that he's very open about that sort of thing. Um, and I don't see, I don't really see what the sort of loss scenario is here. Like what what could be the negative from this?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. The, the, when we were talking to him yesterday, right? Like he was talking a lot about bespoke accessories, talked a little, about, little bit about VR and other things and how, you know, for Microsoft, and Xbox doing stuff like VR doing stuff like connect for example was the big example right it's hard to it's hard to keep that stuff up in a legacy way and it's hard to support that stuff when it feels like it's ulterior to the main focus of hey we just want to have dope games on our system and we want to treat those in a way where they're they're easy to bring forward they're easy to support they're easy to add features like fps boost and all, and all that other stuff the controller updates for me is a thing that you know I could see them go either way in terms of a if we go wildly different with the controller, it then becomes a thing of cool. You know, if we if we backpedal on this feature, then what does that mean for like for legacy, right? If we ha- if we add a touchpad to the Xbox controller and then decide an, a touchpad isn't worth it, how does that change our games going into the future? And I think, you know, I I think that plays into somewhat of the conservative approach that they've played in terms of the dynamic upgrades going into next gen where you have the xbox one controller i'm going to pull up my my outriders controller that i got from my xbox or my xbox series x and my xbox one and basically is the xbox one controller but you know you have the the grooves on the bottom of it you have an improved uh d-pad you have the the share button you have the minor improvements that makes it feel better than the Xbox One controller that came before it, but it's not a crazy different thing. Whereas my <laughs> Crimson Red dual sense, I'm gonna bust out here, right? Like this is a completely different controller from my PS4 controller. You know, and I, I don't want I don't want to do the thing where I just list off features like, oh you also got the crimson red. I oh mean, yeah. The thing, I mean it's not crimson, it's fucking hot though.
1: though. I wish it was hotter. I wish it was like the red Series X controller. This is like leaning more towards Kind of like a pink. I don't know. We'll talk about it later.
0: Hot, I like it, man. I like it, but I, I still I I don't necessarily love the color of the buttons. I wish I would gotten the are black just one, like a, a faded a faded red. Yeah, I don't love that as much. But this is a totally different controller from my PS4 controller, right? Like the Dual Sense compared to the Dual Shock. Again, I don't want to sound like a like Sony PR speak, but you have the you have the haptic feedback. You have the adaptive triggers. You have uh you know the redone uh, uh, uh light on the controller. You have the speaker. You have all these different things that turns it into a thing that you have to treat differently. And for Sony, I would say that that counts as a risk that counts as a big move. And if that doesn't work out, that's going to be something that you have to dedicate yourself to over the course of a generation. And then maybe next generation, that's when you backpedal or that's when you change things up again. But that is a move that you have to measure. Is this worth it? Is it not worth it? And for sony to be the ones that are like cool we're gonna make the dual sense and we're just gonna commit to it and hopefully this is a forward stepping move i think for them that was a success overall and that then gives xbox the the um i think vision on their side to go cool we played it safe but looking at what the other guys are doing it seems like that is a success for them and it seems like they are pushing it forward so we should follow suit we should now take the features that we like right like we're not going to make the dual sense necessarily but maybe xbox likes the haptic feedback. Uh maybe they like the adaptive triggers like Xbox already had they have some form of um I guess this trigger uh built-in rumble.
1: battery or
0: yeah, yeah, built-in battery. Like things like that where it's like cool, we we don't want to copy your your uh your swag one for one, but there are things here and there that, we, that that we can learn and take and you know, we can go we can go into this future together knowing that there are things that are standardized now because y'all made it a thing that worked for your for your platform which i think is a really cool thing
1: yeah for sure and i think i think you get to a point where because this has you know been a success for sony so far that in the future this does become more of a standardized thing and i don't think that phil and the team um i don't think they would go overboard with the risks that they take um i i see them maybe adding one or two features but i don't i don't see a new controller coming out and sort of changing and paving the way for a brand new xbox like i don't really see that happening i think because i think of the legacy things that you just mentioned um where uh, i think they might add um you know better better haptic feedback i don't really know if we'll see adaptive triggers or or anything like that if they're going to add something i think it would be a better sort of vibration feedback for the user to mm-hmm. you know to feel those water droplets dropping on you when you're playing in Returnal. Yeah even though you can't play Return on Xbox.
0: I think for sure we'll get that um, at some point with the Xbox controller, especially when you look at HD rumble on the Switch. Like, it seems like that has been a push over the last few years, where the Switch kind of originated that HD rumble. Sony now has the adaptive feedback, which feels like an iteration on that or an innovation, whichever one you want to choose. And I could easily see Xbox going, cool, this is the new wave. We got to get on it. And that becomes a thing that everybody, everybody is now doing. As we're talking about this, I do want a poll in chat. Did you just turn on your PS5?
1: I didn't mean to, but I was gonna do the snowback mic with the walkie talkie thing. We could have the we could get Xbox to add the microphone on their uh, on their next controller, Phil Spencer, so that whenever you pop a trophy, you can record oh yeah. whatever is happening. Have you watched all your videos by the way? All your trophy videos.
0: Uh, I usually don't go back and watch all of them. I've made it so that I'm only recording my gold and platinum trophies.
1: OK, but, um, but you every now and then
0: I'll go back and watch them. Yeah,
1: but is your mic muted on your controller?
0: No, <laughs> when I go back and when I capture any video, my mic isn't uh, muted. I'm I hear myself and I hate it.
1: OK, got it, because um, I mean, this happened several. This happened at the launch of PS5, but I had played through all of Demon Souls and I had uh, put up the playthrough on my YouTube channel. And then a one of our viewers was watching my playthrough while playing demon souls and they popped the trophy and their microphone is on and you could hear my playthrough in the background coming oh, through that's the really microphone funny. so they popped the trophy and it's it, I, it's the it's one of the areas in demon souls and i said this place feels very blood borny and it's making me blood horny and that's all that pops through. <laughs> so they commemorated their trophy by having just that line perfectly pop up on the microphone. It was so fucking perfect, it's, dude. It's
0: it's hilarious, and I know I can turn it off, but I don't because I often play games co op or online with people, and if we have funny moments uh, in the PlayStation party, I do want to be able to capture those. And share those with their with their permission, because it's always a good thing. But it's that double edged sword where while playing Ratchet and Clank 2016, a few months ago, I had a fucking dope ass clip. And I clipped it and legit just heavy. Watching porn in the back no no man no that's i don't do that during rationing that's not the appropriate game for that i saved that for when i'm playing uh, <laughs> no guilty you don't need gear. to say anything guilty gear, okay. guilty gear is my porn game but you know it's the, it's the thing where I'm, I'm watching back a clip and you just hear heavy breathing and i'm like you i can't just say that. anything <laughs> We
1: don't need a yeah. We can end. Well, you don't want to hear
0: about my my guilty gear habit.
1: I truly don't. I truly don't. Oh, here's the thing,
0: man. Guilty Gear, you got to be in the zone for it.
1: All right. Oh, okay. when, you want,
0: when you want to be in the zone, you got to get the blood rushing to the right to the right places, Andy. So like I mean, when we talk
1: you. about like oh this is the perfect podcast <laughs> game like oh dude this is the perfect game for porn like oh uh, yeah okay got it I hear yeah. you. Just
0: you. in the background, like not even, you're not even paying attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> You just have an on in the background just as like a, a, a distraction. It's
1: like me with right. The Office back when it was on Netflix. It's just kind of on, you know?
0: This is on, it's just going, this is going. Just,
1: it's, it's comfort, you know?
0: I was mentioning this, this earlier in chat. If I can get a poll that is uh, built-in batteries versus uh, uh, replaceable batteries, because I saw people going back and forth and I want to know what the consensus is, because I see this argument a lot. And I personally prefer the dual sense with the rechargeable battery. That's where I go. I don't want to be buying double A's. I know I can buy rechargeable double A's, but who wants to do that? But I do want. I do want to know the consensus. Consensus. Um, Yeah, because
1: what happens is that I always end up just buying that battery pack for Xbox, Um, and I made the mistake of buying like the really cheap generic ones from Amazon one time, and they were terrible. And they last like the battery lasted for maybe 30 minutes or so mm-hmm. um i think the reason why i'm getting maybe more comfortable with it now on the playstation side was that the dualshock 4 i thought was just terrible with battery life i never had any good luck i know some people said oh my dualshock 4 was fine i went i had about like Those people are 4 lying. i had Those like 4 or, or 5 <laughs> i had like 4 or 5 dualshock 4s and the batteries were always garbage mm-hmm. um so i've always leaned more towards the rechargeable sort of portable ones um because I just felt like they had a longer lifespan overall, but now that's the I one feel thing
0: like... that I think that's the one thing for me where I totally get it. Where even the Dual Sense, the battery on the Dual Sense isn't amazing. You know, it, it runs out may, maybe every other day, maybe daily, depending on how much I'm I'm gaming. It's yeah. not great, but I still prefer it over replaceable batteries. Right, right. But I right, might right. be a madman. You are a madman. Thank you. I want to bring in a question from B.J. Bernardo, who wrote into patreoncom slash games, just like you can and says, "Hey, y'all! You guys crushed that Phil Spencer interview. As newer guys to the Kind of Funny Games cast, how does it feel to have the Games Cast interview on sites like Video Games Chronicle and Gamespot?" Is it weird, or is it super uber dope? Question about controllers. Do you think the Xbox should just take and improve the same features of the dual Sense controllers, or can you think of something brand new to add to the Xbox controller? Thanks, BJ. Let's start with that first question, Andy. How did it feel to be interviewing Phil Spencer, and and how did it feel also waking up this morning and seeing the headlines?
1: I was nervous. I tried not not to act nervous, and I still somehow fumbled over my words because I'll fumble over my words whether I'm nervous or not. So that happened. Um, But I was definitely nervous, man. I mean, this is somebody that we've that I've sort of seen as like, obviously a gigantic figure in the industry. So I was I was kind of nervous going into it. And then when he when we're sort of prepping for the show and he said something and he goes "Ah, pre-show jitters. And I was like, oh, Phil Spencer's mm-hmm. nervous, too. And then I think when the show gets started and we start saying our stupid lines and he's laughing, it's like, oh, Phil's down a clown. I'm, let's rock. This is going to be great. It's going to be fun. And we had a great show. I, I thought it was just a really fun show. Yeah. Uh, as far as the headlines, I, had, I was telling Kevin that I accidentally woke up like at 6 in the morning and I was hungry and I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to eat something because I won't be able to fall back asleep. And I saw the tweets from BGC about... Phil Spencer breaking some sort of news about a controller. And I was like, did the GamesCast come out already? <laughs> like, I yeah. wonder if that's from ours. And I had to click it and go, oh, shit, that was us. So that felt that felt pretty neat. I don't know. I I wasn't really expecting that. That's why I had, I had done all the j- stupid Tim Schafer jokes leading into it, because I didn't really think that we were going to be doing anything that was going to have anything headline worthy. I thought we were just going to talk shop. Just a couple yeah. of bros, because you know. That,
0: that's that's the thing that surprised me as well. I was not expecting any headlines. Like I knew, I knew Phil Spencer had said some interesting things here and there. That you know, what was like not newsworthy, but like cool tidbits. Where oh yeah, like I've not heard this anywhere else. But I wasn't necessarily expecting the the headlines. You know, because we I think we went in there with the mindset of hey yo, let's just fucking kick it with Phil. Let's have a good time. Like I too, I was super nervous going in, and not even go, I th- not even going in beforehand. I think I was fine but it's when we actually started and when like I started asking questions where I was like, God, this is Phil Spencer. This is out of Xbox. Like my sister knows what Xbox is. Like I I started having those thoughts and I was like, fuck, man, this is this is fucking wild. And I had that thing where, you know, I felt like I could feel during uh, like one or two of my questions where I felt like my voice was shaky. I felt like I was stumbling over words. I couldn't figure out like I knew what I knew the question in my mind, but I couldn't phrase the question exactly how, as i wanted it coming out and it was one of those things where after the after the episode i was like fuck man I fucked it up you know like i don't oh, goddamn, like man i can't believe i I can't believe i did that went to sleep was super anxious about it woke up and i saw all the headlines and i was like i think that's the question i asked <laughs> i think this headline is raking based off the question i asked and that that for me totally I think brought it back around to where I was like, all right, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like if, if VGC is out here writing about it, it's probably fine. It's let's probably just fine. talk,
1: let's just talk more about ourselves for the rest of the show, is what I'm voting for. Let's I bet it, you though, man. I bet you though, blessing, I think we woke up and or we after that interview were like, Did we do well? Was that fun? Was he having a good time? And I think we're nervous about that. I think he's nervous waking up. The, I I heard he couldn't sleep last night because he's like, God, I I just did not play well in Bless Who. I was such a terrible performer, yeah. in bless who.
0: Yeah, embarrassing, not great, man. Yeah, embarrassing, not great. He'll be back though, and when he comes back, I think he'll he'll be back and he'll be he'll be ready. You know, yeah. I I think he now he knows the rules, now he knows the game, and I don't think he's gonna let that happen again. Phil Spencer seems like that kind of dude who comes back with a revenge, and so we're gonna this see that. This
1: poll, this poll is done, bless.
0: Where where are we at? Okay, so the poll right now, the poll is at the finished poll is at seventy one percent of people. Prefer the built in battery with 155 uh, votes. 63 people voted for replaceable. That's 29%. So there you have it. Built in battery wins. I don't know how to. We also do have a very heavy play- PlayStation audience, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it.
1: Oh, not at all. Not at all.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Andy, we have more to talk about from this Phil Spencer interview with story number two. Uh, this is another one. Seeing old games do well on Game Pass absolutely incentivizes reboots, says Phil Spencer. This is once again Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Xbox Game Pass has given Microsoft more ammunition to justify rebooting older game franchises, the company's head of gaming has said. Xbox's subscription service currently gives its circa 20 million subscribers on demand access to a large library of legacy games from the likes of Rare, Bethesda, Double Fine, and more. Speaking as part of the latest Kind of Funny games cast, Xbox boss Phil Spencer said that being able to track the popularity of older franchises made it easier to justify greenlighting new installments, such as the upcoming Fable reboot by Playground. Asked if player data for legacy games on Game Pass incentivizes the, reboot, uh, the rebooting of franchises, Spencer said, quote, Absolutely it does. Take Prey, which I think was an amazing game when it came out, but a lot of people missed. Seeing more people playing something like Prey or Dishonored or going back to Fable, for us, as we sit back as a creative organization and watch what people are interested in, it gives us more data to think about things that we might pick up and take forward with new ideas and new teams that might want to go do that, end quote. For me, this is one that... I would have assumed i would have guessed but it's nice to hear it from phil spencer as well where hey man you know when you go back and play those backwards compatible games or you go back and play legacy games on game pass that matters to something you know that there is tracking in that that there is there is data or data or however you say it, uh in that where mi- microsoft developers publishers see that and that then can inform them and i think that's another cool additional perk for game pass we talk about game pass being this cool thing we talk about we talk about it being the future of gaming we talk about it being the best deal in gaming but for it to be an additional way for developers to and for xbox specifically to truly track what people have interest in years and years and years after a game has come out is a pretty cool thing
1: yeah i think you're right on with you know it's it's great to actually hear him say it which um i think we've we've seen that before in the past with sean Layden and playstation and them bringing back crash and how that was sort of like You know, this really cool, big moment that, hey, there's been movement on this game and yes, it is coming back or whatever. It is just great to hear it from uh, like straight out of his mouth. That's like something that's really important, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think back in the day, like, sure, there was data to be kept and stuff, but I think it was, you know, maybe it's the idea of just that buying used games was a bit harder to track what sort of older games were being purchased more and more. And maybe if an old game had a sort of resurgence in popularity, it may have been sort of hard to track that stuff. But when you're playing an old game on something like Xbox Game Pass, I think that's just easier for Microsoft to track that data as opposed to maybe like used game sales. I don't know. I feel like nowadays it's a bit easier to sort of track what is kind of getting hot once again. Um, And we've seen it before, dude. Like we've... We talk about Among Us being this two-year-old game, and then having this explosion of popularity, and then becoming one of the biggest games in the world. Um, and uh, you know, w- w- would that be done? Will that happen with any other franchises? I think we'll we'll wait to see.
0: If you had the choice, what Xbox franchise would you want them to bring to bring back?
1: Oh my god, Fusion Frenzy.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Out Dude, of all the games, Fusion Frenzy. Fusion
1: Frenzy, easy, dog, easy. Uh no, when I think about Xbox franchises, it's weird because um like I I had the clear see-through green Halo Xbox. Um mm-hmm. the collector's edition, the one that came with Halo 1, and that was basically my Halo machine. Like I wasn't playing Jade Empire, I wasn't playing uh, perfect dark like i you know i wasn't really playing any of those games on my 360 either you know um i guess maybe kotor um mm. when i think of like an old sort of xbox game but you know what hopefully the rumors on that are true with some sort of remake happening whether that i mean it won't be xbox exclusive but still be cool
0: one thing I wanted to ask Phil Spencer, but I didn't have the balls in the moment. I felt like I I needed to make my questions count, so I didn't ask this one. But I was I wanted to be like, so uh, what are your thoughts on Jeff Force Gemini? What are your thoughts on bringing oh. back Jeff Force Gemini? Oh, <laughs> because man. like, come on, man, that game is that game that you can do cool things with that game. Third that would have been shooter, great. Alien alien uh, ant creatures running around, like you know. Let me know, like, would have you guys ever thought about Jeff Force Gemini? Dude, people love pick.
1: Risk of Rain. People loving this arcade to get in. I mean, there's. There's oh, a yeah. space in the world for a Jet Force Gemini reboot, bless, of some Think sort with a really dope ass uh, shell-shaded, 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 Cell, sha-
0: shell-shaded, shell-shaded,
1: <laughs> shell-shaded, <art> shell-shaded, shell-shaded <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, there's a place for it, bless, there's a place for it, what I wanted to talk about when we're talking about these bespoke hardware, and easily the most times I've heard the word bespoke in an hour span, um, like I wanted to say, hey dude, I, you know what, I liked my Connect. So I, I failed you. Maybe I didn't preach the word of it enough. that mm-hmm. I use it for games? Fuck no. I used it for voice command all the damn you time. Used
0: it to to uh, attach your YouTube to the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no man. I would I would just sit on my desk like do call, co- and I was in like st- I was in college for like game design and shit, and it was just mm-hmm. it was my play Netflix play whatever show, pause, play, like, that's, that's what it was for me, and I used that shit all the time, and I was so, I was, like, one of eight people that were really, really sad when they were, getting, when they were doing oh away God. with it, and I tried doing the Cortana thing, I tried, you know, uh, tying it to Google uh, Now or whatever, to Google Voice, because that was one of the later updates that happened, like, two years ago, I think. It just wasn't, it's not the same, Bless. It's not the yeah, same.
0: I feel that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more for Xbox to bring back. Because I know they're looking at the at the. I can't. I get super self conscious about data and data. Because chat calls me out no matter which way I say it. So I'm just gonna say data. Uh, I know Xbox looks at the data, and you must know. People are. Out, people are. People love Conquer and Banjo. Bring them back. At least one of them. Preferably both of them. But come on, man. I want to do Conquer. I want to do Banjo.
1: It, it's got to be Banjo. It's got to be Banjo. There's there's. I think way more that you could do with that franchise nowadays, unless you have like, dude. Or oh shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bless. Mm -hmm. the amount of times that tim talks about we need we need halo to be god of war it's conquer
0: oh my god it's can you imagine we need
1: need a reformed conquer to come back into the world conquer and be like i'm tired of this over sexualization of stuff like i'm a father now oh my gosh that's it phil i hope you're watching hope you're watching
0: phil get on it bring back Mm -hmm. conquer Andy, let's talk about story number three. Battlefield 2042 crossplay has been confirmed. We uh, did everybody. We did it. Round of applause. Round of applause. This comes from Joe Scrabble's at IGN. EA has confirmed that Battlefield 2042 will feature crossplay, although not all platforms will be uh, able to play with all others. Crossplay was confirmed in a new Battlefield briefing, but EA made it clear that there will be two pools of players rather than one single mixed group. You're going to have PC, Xbox Series X, slash S, and PS5 players uh, all playing together. PC and console players can opt out of crossplay if they want to, and then you're going to have Xbox One and PS4 players playing together. The reasoning for the player separation comes down to the differences between new-gen and last-gen versions of Battlefield 2042. More modern platforms will see 128 player matches, while last-gen consoles will only extend to 64-player matches. We also learned that map sizes will be different across last-gen and new-gen versions of the game. EA also has confirmed that the game will feature cross-progression and cross-commerce. Any unlocks or purchases made in any version of the game, including last-gen to new-gen, will appear in all other versions of the game. Get hyped, Andy.
1: Okay, so cross-progression, blessing, let's say I'm playing on my PS5. Yes. I have that same account on my PC. Or are they saying cross-progression in between PS4 and PS5?
0: I believe it's cross-progression no matter where you're at. No matter where and you're So at. you can okay. – you if you're playing on PC, you can hop on your Xbox One and then into your Xbox Series X no matter what, and it's going to work. From how this is written, that's how I take right. it. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if there is confirmation that – actually, no, it's just certain platforms. But it seems like you can have cross-progression everywhere. That's which interesting. Is good. Uh, I'm
1: interested in sort of the angle that they're taking with the 128-player matches for new-gen and 64-player matches for old-gen. And I wonder what the discussions there were like, would. Like, obviously, you're splitting up kind of a a big player base, right? If you're not going to have Xbox one being able to play with Xbox Series X. um, but like, was there any thought? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like being in the meeting room of. Hey, there's not a whole lot of players that are actually on PS5 and Series X. Is this a good Mm. idea? Should we let them play with, should we let them play in 64 player matches as well with the old gen? You know, Mm. that's kind of like, because what are the odds that somebody with the PS5 has hella friends with PS5s as well? Like, amongst us, sure, but there's got to be a lot of people still out there with old gen hardware that are like, oh, damn, I can't play with you because you were the one friend that got the PS5. Like, that sucks. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, I think that's the helpful thing about PC being looped in with Series X and PS5, is that PC, the player base there, is probably going to be sizable enough that you're going to have a good player base. And then you also get into that back and forth of, all right, we want to take advantage of the new gen consoles. We want the PS5 and Xbox Series S or X to have justification on why they're better and why they why they exist, and maybe even for them possibly double dip if people are getting the game on ps4 and xbox one and then a year later they get their next gen consoles sure and instead of playing it backwards compatible they have an actual reason to get the next gen version of the game because you're gonna have bigger lobbies and bigger maps i think it's a combination of those things where they're like cool in the long run this is going to work out for us because people are going to double dip people are going to eventually show up in the ps5 and, and xbox series x lobbies in greater numbers and in the meantime even even for the comparable smaller amount of players that will be playing on those consoles, like it's it's Battlefield and at launch, you're gonna have enough players, I think, on each individual platform to where it's not as much of a problem. And then by the by the time you actually get there later on, where player numbers might dip, you then have it so that way more people have access to PS5s and Xbox Series Xs, and uh, via crossplay, you know, it all works out on its own. I think that's the the thought process. They should, have an,
1: they should have had another mode of like xbox one and ps4 you can play in 128 player matches just no tornadoes you, that's just too much <laughs> you guys it's just don't much. see the tornadoes they're there
0: but you, just gotta, you guys just can't see them because the visual effects are too much You'll see so you your gotta friends guess fly. <laughs> you gotta guess where the fuck the tornado is gonna come through uh yeah i think this, this is best case scenario i think for what they're going for here right like hey we we want to we want to take advantage of this shit. We want crossplay. want all this to work together. But because of because of the advantages we want to have, we got to divide it up in this way. And the fact that it seems like there are only two pools when it comes to cross play, I think that's fine. If it was like four or five five pools, if it was like PC players had to play that on themselves. new gem play by themselves. New, new play by themselves or, um, Xbox one and p s four play by yourself, and it gets into this weird thing of, Oh shit, like it's all segmented anyway. Why even have crossplay in the first place? Then I think it's a problem. I think two pools is fine. It's fine. You know, I they there's probably a world where they could have done it to where PS5 players and Xbox Series X players lower their pools to 64 players and they are playing on the smaller size maps. But for them, they're probably like, no, this isn't in the this isn't along the lines of the vision that we have for this game. And we want to make sure that whoever's playing on on new gen gets that quote unquote next gen experience that they probably really want to incentivize cuz that's been the big marketing push the 128 players the bigger maps the big tech moves that they're making i think that's the thing that they really want to uh, um nail down in this game and so nanobiologist
1: um, also put this article in chat kind of uh, you know reiterating what we had just said but i'm really excited about this technical demo this playtest that's happening Oh, at the, yeah. later in summer which was um, I guess delayed from July yesterday on yeah. stream we played battlefield four with Bruce Green me Nick still like Mike played with uh Bruce Green and I was telling Mike this is like the most time I've spent probably in a battlefield multiplayer because I always just played the single player campaigns I played Battlefield one the World War one version of it and I had a lot of fun with that and I um it, I was just more about those little player vignettes you know uh mm-hmm. but the multiplayer I was at that time, I was more of a Destiny guy. When Battlefield Four was out, I was more of Call of Duty and Halo and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. It was frustrating at first because it's a just it's a different experience, and it was not what I was expecting. And I spawn and get killed by a helicopter or whatever. And eventually, Bruce Green was like. It's not about win. It's not about kills or or dying or whatever. Like you're just gonna respawn. Who gives a shit? It's about capturing these points. We gotta work as a team, and that's when I like kind of fell in line. I was like, all right, let's fucking do this shit. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast with it, and I can't wait for 2042.
0: Honestly, I also can't wait for 2042. That'll be the first Battlefield game that I try to actually get in, in, invested in because i've always been in, in, in the call of duty versus battlefield back and forth i've always been on the call of duty side of things just because my friends play call of duty and i enjoy call of duty a lot um but i think i think bat playing battle royale over the last four years has set me up to where i look at something like 128 player lobbies and that has become a thing that has excited me in a way that i that's never been a bullet point that i've cared about in the past i've never been one to really care about large player pools but you know them saying 128 players us seeing the environmental stuff the tornadoes all that all the crazy shit going uh, on in a match nowadays is exciting for me as somebody who now likes games like Apex and Fortnite and other games with with games with huge lobbies uh, and crazy crazy shit going on and so i'm into it can't wait for it another another game i can't wait for andy cortez is Zelda Skyward Sword HD this is story number four we got a review roundup right now on Metacritic It's sitting at an 82 on OpenCritic it's sitting at an 83 I'm gonna pull a few re- reviews in I'm starting off with PJ O'Reilly at Nintendo Life who gave it a nine out of ten and said this the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD introduces a raft of technical improvements and quality of life updates that reinvigorate and revitalize this 10-year-old game with motion controls more pre- more precise than ever, an alternate button control scheme that totally works, crisp HD graphics, smooth 60 FPS gameplay, and a bothersome sidekick who's been streamlined into something altogether more useful, this really does feel like Skyward Sword. As it was meant to be experienced. Yes, the locking off of instant travel behind the official Amiibo is a misstep, but beyond this one issue, what's here is a sublime experience, a technical triumph, and an absolute must play for Switch owners and Zelda fans. Chris Skolian at VGC gave it five stars and said, Skyward Sword HD is a superb remaster of the decade-old Wii game that not only gives it a much-needed visual upgrade, but also throws in so many quality of life improvements, not least of all a free camera, that it immediately makes this original version obsolete. And then Kevin Nezevich Uh, at GameSpot gave it a 7 out of 10 and said the various quality of life tweaks that Nintendo has implemented here welcome as they are don't fix Skyward Sword's biggest issues and it remains the most uneven 3D entry in the Zelda series even so the improvements in the Switch remaster make the overall experience more enjoyable and the characteristic Zelda magic ultimately outshines the game's faults Uh, I believe Barrett Courtney has been playing this game for Kind of Funny he's gonna right after this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily on the Twitch stream that that's going going down right after this, that's going up later on Kind of Funny Plays. He's starting off uh, that stream with a little bit of Skyward Sword gameplay and giving his thoughts as well. Um, but yeah, it seems still, like... It's still
1: embargoed, but I think he's going to play yeah. like about an hour of it, I believe.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it seems like this game is getting mixed reviews on the higher end. Like the kind of mixed reviews that you probably want for this kind of game. Whereas a remaster, it seems like some of the legacy issues still exist in terms of what the game is, and, like, if you like the game or don't don't like the game, you know, it's the same game. But if you're looking for that same game with a lot of the stuff streamlined and a lot of the stuff, like, a lot of the quality of life stuff implemented, then you're going to have a great time. That seems to be the takeaway from here.
1: It was so interesting uh, on Twitter seeing Gene Park from Washington Post mention, holy crap, there's there's a camera. You can use the right stick for the camera. And it had never occurred to me that the original one didn't have a camera. I just, like, I had never thought that there was sort of this locked view, and I'm not sure how the camera even worked then. Dude,
0: it was, it was the Wii, right? And so, like, yeah. I don't remember... I don't remember how the camera worked in Twilight Princess, or in um, Skyward Sword. I do remember in Twilight Princess, I think you held the C button and then moved around the stick, and the camera wasn't free-free, but I believe it, you did have some control, but it wasn't great. Uh And so, yeah, I imagine it, it being on the Switch, they probably them having that dual stick set up where they can actually make that work. I'm sure that's what it is. And that's me. what
1: kind of disappointed me about this, uh, about reading sort of what people are thinking about it was that I was looking forward to using the right stick as a slash, seeing that mm-hmm. sort of thing being implemented kind of excited me because I don't want to do motion controls. And then it occurred to me, Oh, the right stick, I can't use the camera if that's what the right stick is for. And then I found out that when you hold the L button, the right stick then moves the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of an interesting... Oh, we have Barrett in the chat.
2: Yeah, Barrett, Barrett. let us know. How does this camera work? Uh, Yeah, so in Skyward Sword, the original version, there was no um, moving around the camera. It was auto-follow, which, like, for a lot of, like, uh, 3D Zelda games, like, up until then, like, that was kind of the standard of, like, you'd have your Mm -hmm. auto-targeting button to, like, kind of help move the camera around. Uh, With Skyward Sword, yeah, like, what Andy is saying, like, you hold... Uh, whatever it's called on L- LB or whatever, um, QR or something, uh, whatever, whatever it is on Switch. And then uh, the, uh, holding that down, you can use the right stick to um, move the camera around. And for like how Skyward Sword is designed, which is, you know, I, I feel like a simpler version of a lot of the classic 3D Zelda games. Um, I like it's never like I've never run into any problems with it, like yeah you're holding down a button but like uh for me personally like i don't mind that uh and so like once you get into combat like you're not like i'm never in a situation where i'm like oh man i i need to be using my sword and using the the free flow camera at the same time like i i think they did a pretty good job of uh, of handling that situation so even though it sounds uh like a like a hassle andy i i don't think it's as big of of one like when you actually play it like i can understand hearing about it you're like ah, oh, that's kind of lame but i i personally uh, don't think it's a big deal i guess the same methodology is there of taking your thumb off of the
1: attack button to move the camera like i think i get the same kind of thing when you think about it yeah. um what
2: did you primarily use well, what do you uh, control scheme control. did you use motion? Oh. No, I, I turned all motion controls off, uh, which is an option. um, so i'm I'm usually I'm just doing pro controller or if I'm playing handheld just on a handheld. Uh, and i'm I'm really enjoying that. And, and the slashes I'll, I'll, feel good, those sort of directional slashes? Um I'll shout out uh, the IGN uh, reviewer. Uh, hold on, I want to pull up. Uh, I, I had actually screenshot it because I thought this was a good quote uh, from him. This is Travis uh, Northup uh, who reviewed uh, who's doing the review in progress for Skyward Sword um where was the quote uh on top of that the way the stick has to be moved makes sense on paper but can be a little counterintuitive in practice for example if an enemy is guarding to your right my instincts uh tell me to input toward the left to hit his unguarded side but flicking the stick to the left swings my sword from right to left and immediately gets blocked uh oh. like playing with an inverted camera in order to hit the enemy i have to God. do the opposite of what my instinct naturally wants to do so yeah like it, it honestly like uh getting into like those fights and fighting the goblins which are the uh the bane of my existence in Skyward Sword because the way they block is infuriating um yeah it it gets like a little I, i've had to like kind of train myself of like okay if they're if they're blocking to my right i have to f- uh flick the the stick right and not left because yeah left the, to like right. a, yeah and so uh, yeah it, it is kind of weird and i don't think uh, we can go into the options once we start this stream uh to see if there's any way to change that i don't think there is um but yeah we'll, we'll we'll get into the nitty-gritty uh, once the uh, the stream starts uh, and if you can't make it of course you can watch it later youtube.com slash kind of funny plays
0: oh yeah cool. go check out that stream right after this if you're watching this live but for now you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free but if you're listening to this part of the show that means that you didn't and so here are some ads This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES 2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES 2021. In the U.S., and GamesCA in Canada. Don't forget that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Full Sail University. We know that you love video games, but have you ever considered making them? If so, then I want to tell you about Full Sail University, which offers a variety of gaming degree programs on campus and online that can teach you the tools, technology, and workflow used by today's gaming studios. You can learn level design, programming, character modeling, production, and more. Graduates from Full Sail have worked on awesome games like Grand Theft Auto V, the Call of Duty series, Rocket League, and many more. Full Sail has degrees available in game development, game design, and game art, as well as many other degrees in entertainment and media. To learn more about Full Sail's programs, as well as potential scholarship opportunities, visit fullsail.edu slash funnygames. That's fullsale.edu slash funnygames. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Omen Oasis. Sick of all the randos sliding into your team chat whenever you and your friends are grouped up in your favorite games. I know I am. I play Knockout City a lot. Then you need your own private oasis, your own paradise in the let's admit it, wasteland that can be online gaming oasis is a free and easy to use add-on for omen gaming hub that creates a virtual room for you and up to 15 of your friends for private gaming and watch parties but Oasis isn't just any virtual room. With low latency, 720p, 30fps screen sharing, and seamless audio quality, you can quit worrying about technical difficulties, stop arguing over who has the worst internet connection, and get to playing. Play together, watch together, chat together, share together, all with Oasis by Omen. Go to bit.ly slash to download Oasis on the Omen Gaming Hub and try out the beta now. Story number five, Halo Infinite's multiplayer will feature a ping system. This is from Windows Central. Uh, 343 Industries lead multiplayer designer, Andrew Witz, has recently confirmed that Halo Infinite will have a ping system in an employee spotlight blog post. Specifically, this system we called the mark system and will enable players to mark areas of interest on maps for their teammates. Quote, my team also gets to work on awesome multiplayer systems like the mark system which is a feature where players can mark a spot in the world that lets their teammates know vital information like an enemy position or weapon location said wits so it's a short one for you there but i think we're talking about just because every first person shooter every multiplayer game you know give give us a ping system ping system amazing system apex legends paved the way for greatness when they added their ping system and i i can't get enough of a ping system in a first person shooter
1: yeah, I mean, it's absolutely needed. And there are still a few games that I've gone out there. I think when we went back to play Halo Master Chief, and I'm playing with Mike and Nick, and I realized, oh, shit, I don't, I can't, I just have to kind of call out uh, behind us. <laughs> you know, like, hmm. there's no real good way to sort of communicate that. So yeah, shout out Apex. Thank you very, very much. Respawn. Yeah.
0: I also want to shout out, that article was written by Brendan Lowry. I missed out on the name when I uh, read the headline. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for Halo Infinite. Similar thing is Battlefield 2042, where Lowry. I'm not a Battlefield person. Um, what was that, Kevin?
2: I just said his last name because it sounded like the last Mike name. Mike Lowry. I, Mike Lowry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i heard it and i was like i hope that's what it was because yeah i i had the exact same thought <laughs> Brendan lowry um but yeah like i'm not i've never i'm traditionally I'm, I'm not been a huge halo person right like i've had friends that have liked halo and i'll always go over to their house and get my ass beat and i was like i don't think this game is for me but uh you know watching that halo stream with you guys during e3 week and seeing them do the gameplay breakdown showing the uh, doing showing off all the features showing off like hey yeah we're thinking about new player new players too and all this stuff uh super Excited to see how, how this pans out. Super excited to get in there and super, super excited to use the mark system. Go get them. Go get them. Story number six NBA 2K22 has its cover athletes. Uh, and this time around, there's an interesting twist. This is Samit Sarkar at Polygon. NBA 2K22 is scheduled to launch worldwide on September 10th with six different cover af- athletes across four editions of the game, led by Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic. Is that how I say it, Andy? Doncic, Luka Doncic, uh, publisher 2K Sports announced on Wednesday, Doncic, uh, a two-time NBA All Star in his three seasons in the league, will grace the cover of NBA 2K22's 2K yeah 2K22's standard edition. It's fucking wild thinking about the fact that we're in 22. I hate 22. it. 22. Not a fan. Where? How? How the fuck did time fly? Uh, the standard edition and Cross-Gen digital bundle. The bra- the background of the standard edition features artwork of a shouting do- shouting Doncic, draped in thick brushstrokes of blue, white, and red—a nod to the flag of his native country, Slo- uh, Slovenia. A third version of NBA 2K22 is is a history-making one. 2- uh, 2K Sports is marking a milestone year for the WNBA with the WNBA 25th anniversary special edition of NBA 2K22. This cover will feature Candace Parker of the Chicago Sky, the first woman athlete cover, uh, or the first woman cover athlete in NBA 2K history. Quote, "Representation matters. So this is a special moment of progress for for the sport and for the series," Parker said in a statement. Quote to be part of this historic cover is a testament to the growth and rising popularity of the women's game, and I'm proud to be the first female cover athlete to be the face of NBA 2K, end quote. That's awesome. That's really cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I hadn't realized it, it hadn't happened yet. I knew that there were prior games with WNBA athletes, but I wasn't sure what the what the cover art situation was. And there's also a third cover, which is the one that has, um, I believe, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um Dirk Nowitzki and Kevin Durant all three on one um and I don't understand what the sort of rhyme or reasoning is for the third one uh I should probably look into that but I believe that it's just sort of an alternate look at yeah whatever it is or it, probably it's some like sort of addition. edition yeah
0: you gotta imagine that's awesome I'm always cool I stuff. I, I always like paying uh, a little bit of attention to the cover athletes over the years of games because in a weird way, it's meant so much to the franchises in a way where, like, I know what the Madden curse is. I'm not a big Madden person at all. I'm not a big football person at all, but I'm aware of what the Madden curse is. I'm aware of, like, whenever they announce who the new cover athletes are, like, that's a thing that kind of transcends gaming news and just, you know, gets into sports news in general and I always think it's an, it's an exciting thing. And so, you know, shout out uh candace parker uh being on the cover for this version i think that's a really cool thing uh and shout out to nba 2k fixer online though because i heard that's not that great no not great yeah fix it because i want to get in there i want to play some online matches let's round out with story number seven this is a fun one hideo kojima handed out flyers to sell his first mellow gear game this is john walker at <laughs> kotaku had like a street team. <laughs> <laughs> it was He was like trying to sell it like it was a mixtape. He was like, hey, bro, trust me, this is going to be fire. He would hand you the flyer and then like ask for money. you am like,
1: nah, I'm good, bro, I'm good. It's like,
0: no, I'll take it back, take it back. Last night, last night, Hideo Kojima, seemingly in a reflective mood on his prolific Twitter account, told a couple of gorgeous mini-tales on the lengths he went to in order to help sell his earliest games like Mellow Gear. These included handing out flyers and cranking up in-store demo volumes. The, the idea of Kojima having to do anything at all to ship copies of a Metal Gear game seems so incredibly improbable in, 20, in 2021 that it was a complete revelation to see the series director explain his hands-on approach at his local store. Quote, In the summer of my 23rd year, my first game, Metal Gear, was released. Since it was not, an, an, since it was not on NES, there were no TV ads, and it was not sold in the toy section, which was a very crowded, which was very crowded at the time. Since it was MSX, it was quietly placed in the PC software section of an electronic shop, end quote. The MSX and MSX2 were home computers produced by Sony, primarily bought in Japan, running a version of Microsoft's DOS. Metal Gear was released on MSX in July 1988, five months before its Famicom port, and as such received less attention in Japanese stores. Quote, even so, I went to the store every day, got flyers, and handed them out to people around me. I also bought three copies of the software myself, And quote. A fun story. I absolutely love it. I adore the idea of Hideo Kojima on the streets really trying to work to sell Metal Gear, which, like the article mentions, is a thing that you would never imagine nowadays, because you just say the words Metal Gear, and people are like, yo, whatever it is, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to put a Metal Gear Pachinko machine? Why not? Like, you can, you can brand anything Metal Gear nowadays, and people would show up for it. And so it's, it's fun story. to hear him talk about humble beginnings.
1: That story just kind of like I, it really puts you in a place in time because you've heard so many stories of musical artists going to record shops and being like, hey, can you sell my CD? And then being like, all right, sure. Yeah, give us those five copies or whatever. And they're like, dude, they they flew off the shelves. Like, do you have any more or whatever? Like even my uh, uh, Richard Garriott, a uh, man who created Ultima, like the first game he made was a Calabeth, and he worked at a PC shop and they were like yeah try yeah i think the store owner was like yeah go ahead and sell it here if you want and that that people just kept on buying it and it was like oh shit i need to make more copies of this game and it's just like i can't even imagine how that looks i can't visualize what a young kojima trying to sell metal gear on msx looks like it's so it's so wild to think about it's crazy it
0: reminds it legitimately reminds me of mixtape rap right like it reminds me of the story of J. Cole talking about how he had to convince his landlord to let him stay uh, in, in his place for free for a year and promise that he would pay the money back once he got famous. It, it, it feels like that, where Kidio Kojima is like, hey man, if you give me one shot, like it's, it's lose yourself by Eminem, right? Like, give me one <laughs> shot to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to dedicate myself. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to sell my mixtapes on the street. I'm going to get big. And it turned out well for him. That needs Hideo to be Kideo a Kijima, movie. Nowadays, making some. Dude, I I would have watched the hell out of that movie. The Hideo Kojima biopic. Who would play him though? I have no idea. I want to see.
1: <laughs> I think we need. I think we need a bunch of executives to, or a bunch of people in the industry. There's a movie. Uh. Uh. Oh gosh, I can't. Kevin, who's the who's the artist who he sings like this and he has a guitar? Who's that artist? Music artist? Bob Dylan. There's a movie about Bob Dylan where a bunch of different actors of like. All races and genders play Bob Dylan, and it's just little snippets of his life. We need to do that. I think we all need to recreate. But it's all the it's
0: all the actors that Kadeo Kojima is obsessed with. And so you get get Norman Reedus in there, you get Mads Nicholson in there, you get like you get a bunch of actors that have been in Miller Gear games. Troy
1: Baker. Get David
0: Hayter in there. Yeah, get Troy Baker in there. Make it happen. (laughs) That'd be fucking amazing. But uh, Andy, that biopic is probably just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop Shops today, where would I look? The
1: official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday.
0: (laughs) Out today, we got 3D air hockey for Switch, induction for Switch, dream. Are you going to play that 3D air hockey? Fuck no. (laughs) <laughs> we got <had> dream engines <laughs> no Bad cities for pc sky so Drill for pc I'm sorry. <laughs> so, somebody somebody like worked really hard on 3 i'm Euro. sorry i didn't mean that it's okay man uh such art genius art simulator for pc i'm not gonna play it either uh space punks is now in early access on pc exclusively on epic game store and then total warhammer 2 the silence and the fury dlc is out now New dates for you. Dungeon Defenders Awakened gets a new Nintendo Switch release uh, and a major update for PC and Xbox on August 4th. Crash Bandicoot On The Run Season 4 uh, survival, of the f- survival of the Fastest launches on July 15th. Button City arrives on August 10th on PS5, Xbox, Switch, PC, and Mac. And then Hanako, Honor, and Blade will launch on Steam September 15th. And you folks can go City. over to, uh, to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can write in with their questions, they can avoid the ads, but they can also write in with their squad ups just like Joshy G did. Joshy G writes in with a squad up on PC slash PlayStation and says, Final Fantasy 14, I just finished A Realm Reborn. I've moved on to Heavensward, looking for any kind of funny best friends who want to run dungeons and do alliance raids together. I'm on Crystal Server slash Goblin. Uh, you can play with Joshy, Joshy G with the username Ranulf. Satarna, that is Randolph Space uh, Satarna. That will be in the description for people who want to look that up because it has very interesting spelling. Uh, but if you want to play, I like
1: that. I like that, Josh G. I, I like a really cool name. When I played role, when I played WoW, like I wasn't naming myself the fucking you know, weed smoker or like uh, super gamer or rifle? Dallas Cowboys. No, Kevin, I like I went full in. I think I was like. Ereleus, because I was an elf, and that's just like a cool sounding name. Like I, I have to be in it, bless. I can't name my guy Cortez fucking football player or some shit. Like, no, nah, I can't do that shit. You're
0: dude. better man Ran- than me. Ranulf, we- Ran-
1: Satarna, I respect you.
0: You're a way better man than me. Cause when I booted up Final Fantasy 14 years ago to try it out, I'm pretty sure I named my character Blessing Jr. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was just walking around. Can't do it. Named Blessing Jr., role playing, doing all this stuff. That wasn't a fantasy name. I'll do better better next time. Of course, you can go over to com slash you're wrong So you can help us do better right now That's where you write in with, uh, with uh, things that we got wrong Things that we can correct For those watching later on YouTube And listening later on podcast services around the globe And let's see here Oh, I was also
1: Arendelle But I spelled it E-H-R-E-N-D-E-L And I was like, dude, I'm the coolest fucking night elf ever The coolest night elf
0: Nanabologist An writes in to say Cross progression and this is talking about battlefield twenty forty two cross progression is on p s five series x and p c cross play is between p s five series x and p c then there's cross play between p s four and xbox one because of lobby size differences no cross no cross gen play right correct hold on i want i want i want to look back at the article because it seems like that No, I read that...
1: it. yeah it was like it was it was no cross gen play like PS4, no PS5. But, no, but is there
0: no cross progression on PS4 and Xbox One? That's the thing that's tripping me up from Nanobiologist.
1: I hold on, it did say gen to gen progression, like with that upgrade.
0: EA also confirmed that the game will feature cross-progression and cross-commerce. Any unlocks or purchases made in any version of the game, including last-gen to new-gen, will appear in all other versions of the game. So I'm going to have Got to push it. back on you, Nano, on that. I think it seems like it is all versions of the game, unless you can provide a source. Oh, well, he did provide a source. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to get to the bottom of this. While you're season, getting to the bottom of
1: that, I'm, just, I'm clicking on the Evo Twitch channel, and they're playing a, a Gundam fighting game on Evo. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> A gun fighting game? A Gundam fighting game.
0: Oh. Wait, what's it called? That sounds... Mobile Suit
1: Gundam Extreme versus Maxi Boost On. <laughs> That's the full
0: name. <laughs> all right, so here on Polygon, it says, players who expect to play across multiple platforms also got some good news today. DICE says it's building cross-regression and cross-commerce for Battlefield 2042, which will be shared across all platforms. Okay, so again, yeah. So. I think Nano might have just forgot to include Xbox One and PS4 here, but cool, we got to a, to the bottom of it. You can cross pro- progress through all platforms. You're mm-hmm. all good. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Somebody tried to the uh, stickler wrote in to say biopic is pronounced biopic. biopic. Yes, I always mispronounced that. You, no, no, no. But... You're not mispronouncing it. It's either way, just like data and, and data, data and Legitimate. data. Legitimate, yeah. We've had, we've had this discussion before. Way. I think. I mean one way it sounds yeah. stupid.
2: You know?
1: I mean, I think I think me and Kevin actually had a back and forth about this on an old mor- morning show a long ass time ago. I not
0: know Biopic. The biopic. No biopic cuz Biopic, biopic mm-hmm. sounds medical. Yeah. yeah that's that's, that's it right. Yeah. And we looked it up. We look, we had this conversation, we looked it up and Biopic oh, isn't so. anything medical. No, it's the but
2: same it thing. But it just sounds
0: that way. Biopic. It's the same thing, yeah. Biopic. <laughs> The rest of this week's hosts for Kinda Funny Games Daily are tomorrow. You're getting Greg and Tim at a special time. Uh, Kinda Funny Games Daily is going down noon Pacific time tomorrow. We're gonna stream a little bit of RE8 before that. And so when you tune in, get ready for that. On Friday, it's Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch, Right now, uh, after this, is some Zelda Skyward Sword with Barrett, followed by Greg Saving Coco and Monster <laughs> Hunter Stories. <laughs> so get hyped for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Live, right here on twitchtv Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.
1: Until-